0: uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Let me give you the backdrop for this one second. This is Peter uh, as he's coming towards the end of his life and he knows it. Now let's read it from verse 12. For this reason... I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Father, again... we are reminded these words penned by a fisherman turned disciple empowered by the Holy Spirit to write this book for our education, for our edification, for our encouragement speak Father through these words written so long ago Uh, we have everything necessary here For this to work today, your Holy Spirit's here. Your people are gathered here today, we're hungry, Lord. So feed us, God, that we may go out and shine for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when I come up here, I come up with an outline. Anybody that's ever kind of come up here and looked at my Bible, you see the outline. And sometimes you say, he's only got a few pages today. This is going to be short. We'll get to the restaurant on time. And sometimes you see like a novel up here. All right? But regardless, I come up here with an outline. And sometimes I stick very closely to that outline. (coughs) Sometimes I don't use the outline at all. And sometimes it's like I kind of reference the outline when I get lost. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the Lord works through different ways through this outline. But I make sure that I come up here prepared and studied. Because to do anything else, when you have the privilege of teaching God's Word, is unconscionable. Yet what I want to happen up here, and what I pray happens up here, is that I get out of the way so that you can hear God's Word and what He wants to say. And so, as we have been uh, deterred last week, um, and we were not allowed to meet, as I was praying about this and seeing some of the things that God was doing, God says, "You listen, get away from the outline for a moment. There's another message that I want to place on your heart. So we're going to go back to Mark. We'll absolutely start next week. We'll start going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we'll hit it until the end. But for today, a different message. We're deviating a little bit because this is about not a method and not a program, but it's about a relationship. And how many of you have had that sometimes where you're doing your devotional time or you're listening to something and you say, okay, you know what, Lord, I really feel like you're telling me to do this. I planned on doing this. It's not a bad thing to have plans. It's a good thing to have plans. It's also a good thing that with those plans to have room for the Holy Spirit to step in and say, listen, I need to interrupt this. You're regularly scheduled broadcasting because there's something I want to say right now. And today that becomes very, very important that we realize that he is the one that is speaking. And what we want to do is we want to learn together to hear his voice, right? Because he's the good shepherd and the sheep hear his voice. And so we want to hear his voice. We want to respond to it. And so what I saw after the baptism uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had 52 of you over at the house, which was awesome and amazing. That was like one of those mountaintop experiences, Alright, where we saw six or seven people baptized and um, and we ate together and we shared fellowship and I think everybody was dancing and we were singing and we were having a great time the next week we can't even meet. We're not even sure if we're gonna be here the week after because we're not sure if this hurricane's gonna come in here and rip everything apart. And so you have the mountaintop, then you have the valley, and what I thought about and what God kind of placed on my heart was like, listen, during those mountaintop experiences, how easy is it to, because of the blessing, forget God? So, there are two times that we forget God. When we're blessed and when we're challenged. Right? Which leaves pr- pretty much, we're all the time. Yeah, so, so that's why today is about remembering God. And when we forget God, what we tend to do is we tend to revert back to the person that we were. When the Bible tells us the whole time that you're a new creation in Christ. You're a new creation. That's truth. But when life presses in, how many of you have reverted back to old attitudes, actions, behaviors? Because life is pressing in on you. Now the good news is this. The good news is is that God allows us the mountaintop experiences. Amen? He allows us some mountaintop experiences. The bad news is is that when you're coming down from the mountain, the enemy always has a bucket of water with your name on it. You came down on fire and he's just waiting to go and to just douse it. The good news is that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But the bad news is, is that there's still this battle between the flesh and the spirit and it's like a tug of war for us sometimes. Paul acknowledged it in Romans 7, didn't he? He said, oh, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. The things I don't want to do, I am doing. We go back to the good news. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But for how many of you do we forget God so easily? Because it seems like uh, we're being told, listen, you know, tell this person off. It's going to be really good if you do. That's the way I used to do things. Tell them off. Put my hand through the wall. All right. There, Yes. PJ admits it. Okay, there was a moment where, you know, upset, I had a tendency to hit things. Yes, it's called the pastor smash. No, no, that's not what it's called. I don't even know where that came from. But I've hit things. Now, here's the thing. The enemy says this. When I get frustrated, go back to the way you used to do things. If you go back to the way you used to do things, remember how good it felt to hit that wall with your fist. But the Holy Spirit is saying, knucklehead, you almost broke your hand when you did that. You almost broke your hand. And so don't go back to the way you were doing things, because the truth is this. The truth is is that you have the Holy Spirit. That's truth. The truth is that you're a new creation in Christ. And the truth is is that there's a tug of war. But we have a tendency to forget. We are forgetful people. Forgetful people. Okay? And so that's what we're going to look at today. Um why we forget. All right, we have a three-fold goal for this day. We're going to take a look at why we forget things, two, how to remember, and three, we're going to celebrate together the Lord's Supper. All right, so that's the threefold of a threefold goal of this day. Um, but the first thing is, is that what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the problem. The problem is we are a forgetful people. It's the way that we're wired. How many of you have forgotten something recently? How many of you, has it it been said of you, you would forget your head if it wasn't attached to you? Okay? I'm one of those people. How many of you have forgotten an appointment? We forget appointments. I was supposed to call this person. I was supposed to text this person. I was supposed to meet this person for this. Uh, You've forgotten someone's name. How very uncomfortable is that when you're talking to this person and you're having conversation and you're like, it's good to see you, um... You, you know, how are you? You know, It's like you've forgotten someone's name, so we forget people's names. Uh, we forget appointments. How many of you have forgotten your keys recently? Anybody? Okay, you forget your keys. And then after you forget your keys, uh, you have to go back into the house to get the keys. Then you start going to work, you realize you forgot your lunch. And then you get your lunch, and then you start on your way again, and now you realize that you forgot your coffee. We are wired to forget. We forget people. We forget song lyrics. Guys, how many of you have forgotten wife's anniversary or birthday? Boyfriends, please pay attention. We forget. This is not good. Bob says never. All right. Wow, wow, wow. Then how many of you have forgotten to pay a bill? And you found that your phone wasn't on the next day, and you're like, I don't know what happened. Then you remembered, hey, I forgot to pay my bill. All right. We forget things. How many of you have walked in a room? We love this, right? How many of you have walked into a room, and after you walk into the room, you're like, I have no idea where I came in here. Yes. All right, and then somebody says, retrace your steps. I've had it where I've almost had to retrace my steps all the way back home. All right, and so we forget. This is how we're wired. God knows this. And so what do we do? We do things because with every time you forget, there's a consequence. All right, you forget your keys. Well, it, you lose time. You have to drive back. You waste gas. You forget the anniversary, you can forget sleeping in the bedroom that night, all right? We forget, so what do we do? We have to do things to remember, don't we, all right? This is WWJD. Why? Because there's sometimes when I'm on 95, I have to have this thing right here, all right? When somebody's cutting you off, and it's like, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus didn't drive, okay? <laughs> so what would Jesus do? We want to tie it. So some of the things that we do, we tie a string on our fingers. Some people have done that. Some people have... Uh, put a rubber band on their wrist so they can remember. Some of us leave yellow sticky notes. And these are practical things that we can do to help us remember. Um, You know, sometimes as a pastor, we use these things called mnemonics, and we use acronyms, like say something like faith. Um, Forgetting all. I forgot even what it is. (laughs) Wow, what a great example. All All right, the alarm. All right, so we set alarms. Phone. It's a good thing to uh, set an alarm to call someone. And it goes off once in a while during our Bible studies, so Frank. yeah. <laughs> it. That's right, marking it on the calendar. We can do that too. So we set reminders for ourselves because we're forgetful people. Here's the thing. Like I said, we forget when things are going well. We forget when the blessings come. We have a tendency to forget God. And then when things are going very bad, we have a tendency to forget. We also have a tendency, listen, to forget the good things people do and remember the bad things people do. When it comes to the bad things they do to us, we have long-term memory. When it comes to the good things that they do to us, we seem sometimes to have short-term memory. Are we defining this problem okay? Because if we're defining this problem okay, now the root of the real problem is this, is that as a forgetful people... We have a tendency to forget God. We have a tendency to forget God. So the Bible talks about remembering God repeatedly. In the KJV, the King James Version, it says 148 times to remember. In the ESV, in the NIV, it says 166 times to remember. And so if the Bible, God's Word, has to reiterate it so much that it might be something that we need to pay attention to, because, can you think of Bible characters, famous Bible characters, heroes even, that forgot God once in a while? Andrew. Samson, he's number five on the list, on mine. <laughs> Listen, we have Abraham. All right? Abraham was the father of the faith, left his father's home, went to a country, went into an unknown land, but right after that, he goes and he forgets who God is, and he tells the king that his wife is his sister to save his own skin. It's apparent that Abraham had moments, memory lapses, where he forgot how good God was. Moses was a friend of God. And Moses is a friend of God. There are times that Moses forgot his God. There are times that Moses forgot his place. David, in the springtime when the kings went off to war with the sim with Bathsheba, David forgot about God. When he was standing on top of the rooftop looking at Bathsheba. And actually it was number four, Samson, forgot God. Here's the good news. Every single one of those names I just mentioned, though they forgot God and they had lapses, every single one of them is found in Hebrews 11 in the New Testament, not recounting their sins, but they're in what is called, what the Bible calls the hall of faith. The way that God remembers them is completely different. Isn't that neat? That's our God. That's our God. Yes, um, I was just thinking about Solomon. Mm-hmm. Do you think he went to heaven do I, mean, do, you... do I think Solomon went to heaven? That's a longer discussion for another time. Um, that's that's a great discussion. Let's 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 have that after we meet today, <laughs> because that might spark a little de- a little friendly debate. <laughs> but again, our goal today is threefold. All of these all of these folks are meant are mentioned in the Hall of Faith. So today, again, what we want to do is we want to take a look at some of the reasons why we forget. And I think some of these reasons, these reasons, I came up with 10 reasons why we forget God. I think some of these reasons are going to resonate with you. Maybe not, but again, this is more of a topical study today. And topical, we're taking a look at the subject of why we forget God. And, um, oh, Anthony's looking at the time. He's saying 10 reasons we forget God. PJ, it's 1120. Listen, we've got another 10 reasons how to remember God. We're going to be fine. Trust me. (laughs) My wife hates when I say that. (laughs) Trust me. All right. Remember, it was Peter. This is the passage. And Peter says in that passage that we read, 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15, he says, For this reason, I will be negligent to remind you. And he uses the word remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up in reminding you. He says, remind again there. All right, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Why does Peter stress the idea of having to remind them? Because Peter is somebody that had a tendency to forget. Right, all right. Peter, when when he's looking at Jesus, he's walking on water. When he puts his eye on the storm, he forgets, and what happens? He goes down. Jesus tells him, "Listen, for the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me three times tonight, Peter." And what happens? After Peter's third denial, uh, 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 right? And then it says that. Yeah. Okay. I worked on that for. The, I worked on that this morning. All right. No. Listen. If you listen, if you go away talking about well, Pastor John sounded just like a rooster today. That's an epic fail for this day. Okay. <laughs> listen, he's reminded when he hears the rooster crow of what Jesus had said. Peter needed reminders, and so Peter reminds. Right, and so we need reminders because. The enemy loves to distract us and take our attention off of God and help us to forget. He wants you to forget the goodness of God, the greatness of God, who you are to God, what he's done, what he's doing. He wants you to forget. And here's why. Here's some reasons. One, it's a lack of discipline on our parts. That's the first reason we forget. It's a lack of discipline in our own lives. Alright, we're not being intentional with our time. Guess what? The enemy's being intentional with his. And if his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, he is like a great white shark that does nothing but swim and eat, and his desire is to take you down, child of God. Alright, and so when we're not living a disciplined life, again, these were called, his followers were called what? Disciples. What? Because it entailed discipline. Alright, and so there was a discipline that involved, the enemy wants to make sure that your attention is not on God. And so there's this thing called discipline that we need, Um Because he knows how undisciplined we can be. How many of you have said, you know what, I can't spend time with God in the morning because I'm just not a morning person. But then I go to work, okay, and then after work, I really don't have time at work because I'm so busy at work to spend time with God. But then I get home, and then something else is kind of grabbing at my attention, but I'm going to spend time with God at night, and then by the time nighttime comes around, God understands I'm tired. And because of that, what we do is we struggle with our discipline. All right, listen, listen. When Paul writes, he compares the Christian life to athletic events. And he talks about war. And all of these things entail discipline. Listen, you make the time for the things you want to do, quite honestly. You find the money for the things that you want to spend it on. It's the same principle, right? right, Because I know people that can't pay their rent, and yet they have the newest iPhone. Sorry if we're meddling. <laughs> sorry, hashtag not sorry. Did I do that right? <laughs> All right? Young adult, young adult, I'm trying, okay. All right, so the first reason that we forget God is lack of discipline. The second reason is because we're conditioned to rely on self. That's how we're trained. We spend most of our lives thinking it's based off of our own efforts, and we're trained with this reward system where if we do good, we get rewarded for it. If we do bad, we get punished for it. And so what we're conditioned from the time we're young is to rely on ourself. You believe Jesus died for your sins. You bring a Bible to church. You come to church faithfully. You believe these things. But listen, I'm so busy sometimes acting under my own authority and relying on my own ability. I've trained myself like that. And so that's another reason that we forget God, because we are conditioned to rely on self. But if that one doesn't resonate, maybe the third one will. The third reason that we forget God is because of the size of our circumstance. The size of our circumstance the diagnosis given by the doctor, the crisis that's happening at work, you might not even have a job tomorrow. And you're saying to God, well, yes. I know your word says this, but God, this this is my situation. And so that's another reason that we have a tendency to forget God. Well, they said this, they did this, and it's the size of the circumstance. The fourth reason, this is a fun one, our emotions get a hold of us. How many of you have just kind of thrown your walk with Jesus out, the baby with the bathwater, because somebody upset you? All right? And at that moment, all bets were off. I gave myself permission to respond a certain way, to act a certain way, because God understands I'm a little angry right now. That person almost killed me on the road the other day. He knows that they're gossiping about me at work, and my emotions, and I've I, I just had it up to here. God understands, man. That's the kind of God he is. He's here right now. He totally understands what I'm feeling, what I'm, and he does understand what you're feeling. He does understand what you're going through, but he's just not limited by it. He's not limited by it. So all these reasons, it's our emotions, because our emotions and our situations go hand in hand. There's nothing to blow a situation, a situation out of proportion like our emotions, right? How many of you, because you're feeling emotional, took something that was this big and you made it this big? And you forgot God and God became this big in your situation and your circumstance became that big. So that's another reason we forget God. Here's the fifth reason we forget God. The pull of the flesh. The pull of the flesh. And again, we go back to the age-old example of David and Bathsheba. David saw Bathsheba. He wasn't thinking about God that night. All right? And so, so often, the things that we want in our flesh that have nothing to do with the Spirit, because Galatians tells us there's no compatibility between the things of the flesh and the Spirit. There's no compatibility between flesh and the Spirit. Just like there's no compatibility between light and darkness. It's the pull of the flesh. Here's the sixth reason. Our failure to acknowledge the real enemy. This is a tricky one, gang. And here's why. Because if I don't acknowledge what Paul says in Ephesians to be true, that the battle is not of flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers that are not of this world, and if I don't acknowledge the real enemy, I'm fighting you, depending on me, and it always ends bad. Because I'm fighting the wrong battle with the wrong power. I'm fighting you. I'm, I'm fighting the wrong enemy. Because Satan... Either wants me to think that he's bigger than he is or that he's not there at all. And he's very good at both. Okay, so that's the sixth reason, failure to acknowledge the true enemy. The seventh reason is we isolate. And That's another reason we forget God. How many of you have done this where it's like, you know what, you shut yourself off from the church. You shut yourself off from the people that were your support network. I didn't feel like reading my Bible. I didn't feel like going to my knees, so I wasn't on my knees. I wasn't in the Word. I wasn't with God's people, and I was isolating. That's a great way to forget God, and the enemy loves isolation. He loves it. Here's the eighth reason. We hide and we don't confess sin. Hide what? We hide and we don't confess our sin. All right, and when we're trying to hide sin, all right, and we're trying to spend our time and our energy and our mind and our efforts hiding sin, we don't have time to focus in the right area. And the Bible says this, it says, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, He doesn't hear us. It's not that He can't, it's just that He won't. If I'm giving sin a priority in my life and I'm not dealing with it and I'm not confessing with it, I'm going to have a hard time experiencing God, feeling God. Here's number nine. As Christians, we sometimes go on Christian cruise control. We're just going through the motions. All right? We're going through the motions. We're doing the right things. All right? And when I wrote this down, I thought of a couple of things. All right? When we're on cruise control, we keep ourselves busy. right? And sometimes I'm busy doing the right things, but for the wrong reasons. Okay? Here's what happened to me the other night. Is we came to set up the church Friday night, we had more help than we normally have. It was amazing. We came here Friday night at 6.30, and, you know, because we have a couple of uh, plants here at the Palm Beach School for Autism, a lot of work is done before we walk in the door, but now we walk in, and it's easy to come in and say, you know what, we've got to get the job done and get out. No, 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 no. Do you know that that's our opportunity to connect with each other? If we start, if we start looking at the busyness... All right, we're going to start forgetting God and his goodness and the great thing that he's given to us. This is a great thing right here that he's done in the establishment of the different walks of life that he's brought together that we call the church and what has become the church family. And we can come there and we can get a task done or we can remember, wow, this is God. This is good. We can get so busy, sometimes doing the right things but for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we're just busy doing the wrong things because we're on cruise control. And the tenth reason that we have a tendency to forget God is because things are just going great. Do what? Things are just going great. And when things are going great, well we have a less of our we have a less of a need to be on our knees than when things than when the challenges come. One of the things that Pastor Chuck, who started Calvary Chapel back in the 60s, used to say was this, God, please don't bless me more than I'm able to handle. Don't bless me in a way that takes my eyes off of you, that takes my focus off of you. All right, so real quick, that's pretty good. All right, by 1030, we went through 10 reasons that we have a tendency to forget God. Now, let me ask you, and you don't need to shout out just by raising of your hands. Did any of those reasons resonate with something that you could relate to? Any of them? All right. Some of you are sitting there going, okay, I've got the bonus plan. This is like Smorgasbord. This is like Golden Corral, uh, where it's like I've got a little bit of everything here. Um, and so here we are. These are life's problems. This is the problem. We forget God. But for every problem that we have, there is an equally powerful, more powerful solution in his word to it. That's the key. Taking a look and saying, listen, I'm struggling in this place. Getting real. And that's what the Bible does. Again, this is like holding up a mirror and saying, listen, okay, I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm like, wow, he's talking to me. You know if That's what Wednesday night's all about. We're looking to read the word for truth, but we're looking to find application because this is a talking book. When I was a kid, we had this commercial. It was like a butter parquet. Anybody remember that? Anybody old enough? You're... No, nobody is. That's depressing. All right. Well, here was the premise. Com- the premise of the commercial was, okay, the person was eating a piece of toast or something like that, and it's like, wow, this is really good. Uh, this is great butter. And then the, uh, then the little parquet thing would say, parquet. All right. In the same way, this is a talking book. Yeah, you remember that. Thank you, God. Somebody remembers it. All right. In the same way, when you pick this book up, this book talks to you. If you allow it to, if you come looking to hear from God, you're going to find God, you're going to hear from God, you're going to see God, you're going to experience God. Alright? And so the solutions are here. And so what we came up with for today, we just wanted something really practical for you to take home out of this place today, was ten ways that we can remember God. And what I would like you to do is Not sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to do all ten of these right now. I'd like you to take two or three of them. I'd like you to grab somebody in this congregation and say, I want to be held accountable for um, making improvements in this area. That's what the church is supposed to be about. All right? The church is supposed to be about accountability where we can connect with one another and say, listen, I'm struggling in this area, and here are some practical things I am going to do in this area. And so the first thing, all right, because with every punch, we've got a counter punch. Well, the first thing is to meditate on the Word. Meditate on the Word. Turn with me to a psalm that we've read before, but there's a reason that we're going to it right now. It's Psalm 1. And it reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law, He, listen, meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water which brings forth fruit in its due season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Look at the word in verse 2 that says meditate in the original language it's haga. That means nothing to you. <laughs> wow, all right. I know I know a Hebrew word haga. But here's something cool. Here's what this means in the original language. It means to murmur in pleasure, to ponder, to imagine. The first thing is to meditate on the Word. Now, sometimes, because of what other religions and non-Christian religions, what they say about meditation, about it's based on chanting, and it's based on on verbalization. All right, and sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's just got to be something silent that we do when we meditate. Not true. All right? This is how I meditate. When I'm going around, uh, okay, the other morning I'm meditating on John 1. And I'm walking around my neighborhood. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with the Word. I'm saying, God, in the beginning with the Word, all things were made through Him. You were with the Word. God, word's communication. You sent a communication from heaven. Communication's important you, isn't it, God? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. So Jesus was a communication to us. And now I'm talking to myself and I'm muttering the Word. And what I'm doing is I'm preaching the Gospel to myself saying, God, you want to communicate with me. That's crazy. It's crazy that I'm sitting here. You sent your son, called the Word to be a communication so you could open lines of communication. And that came from my muttering and taking Scripture and talking back to God, praying to him. Taking the Scripture and thinking about it and thinking about it out loud. Meditation is very important, not just to set our mind and fix our mind on something, but to have an open communication, an open dialogue with God. This is an amazing thing if you haven't tried it. If you haven't gotten alone with God and started reading His Word and started talking to Him, and when you're struggling to rehearse and to bring that Word, bring those truths into your struggle, that's how God penetrates, that's how God invades. So we Meditate. We've said it a hundred times in here. Let's make it hundred and one. You all spent time with your thoughts fixed on something this week, talking about something, thinking about something. We might as well steer it in the right direction, right? Someone once said, your mind is never quiet. It's always moving. We might as well steer it in the right direction. So the first thing that we can do to remember God is we can start meditating on His Word. How does that even look, Pat? Where do I even start? Start with some verses you're familiar with, you're familiar with, but start somewhere. I'm not saying go home and start meditating for an hour a day. I'm saying that if you don't do it, start with five minutes. Start somewhere. Start conversation. Start meditating. Here's the second thing. Memorize the Word. 1911 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. There's a direct correlation between you memorizing Scripture and meditating on that Scripture. Not just rotely, uh, mechanically memorizing it. But truly, meditating on it. And as you're meditating on it, co- committing it to your heart. That's powerful. It's a big thing. So the first thing is meditation. The second thing is memorization. Three, remember who God is. That's number three. Remember who He is. We see the psalmist often doing that. The prophets are often doing that. Because of the situation and the magnitude of the challenges that they're going through, what they're having to do is put their focus back on His person. Who is this God? He's all-knowing? See, maybe if you stop for a moment to think about who the God that you're praying to is, Maybe again, it would put your situation in perspective. You'd remember him. Here's why. Because a lot of us are struggling in areas of our life that we don't know what's going to happen. When I remember that he's all-known, I remember he's not half as anxious as I am. When I remember who he is. When I remember that he is all-powerful. I could barely wake up and get out of bed the other morning. Struggling a little bit. He's all-powerful. Created all things out of nothing, so we remember who He is. So often you see the psalmist, when they're going through, it, they're writing down, "You created all things, you did this, uh, you know, you uh, you told the water where to stop, you drew boundaries, and 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 all of these things that we have a tendency to forget." So the first thing we meditate on the word, the second thing we memorize the word, the third thing is we remember who God is, the fourth thing is we remember what He's done in history. This. Blow your mind if you just spent a, an hour, a half an hour, 15 minutes saying, recalling the things that God has done. You know, there's an episode in scripture where he makes the sun stand still. <sighs> For those struggling financially, uh, when they talk about the taxes, he has Peter pull the taxes out of the fish's mouth. Not a big deal to him. Same storm that was going to crush you, he says, Peace be still, the wind and waters obey him. When we remember what he's done in history, oh yeah, BTW. He sent his son to die on a cross for you. Wow. When you start remembering what he's done in history, now the fifth, I think it's, well, it, like one, two, I wrote ABC, and now it's like I'm trying to figure out. Okay, A, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Come on. All right, number, four. I forgot. Right? Right okay sir so, okay so remember yeah remember what he's done in your life personally personally he delivered you from that relationship he delivered you from that illness he saw you through that financial challenge years ago and you're in a financial challenge now son but I don't think you can do it again listen about 18 or 19 years ago he held my father a fourth stage lung cancer But for five or six years after that, every time Dad coughed, I sat there not in faith thanking God for healing him, but I sat there saying, I wonder if the cancer's back. And that's what we do in life. We forget all the amazing, marvelous, wonderful things that God has done in our own lives For some of you, the fact that you're still sitting here today, that in and of itself is a testimony and a miracle. So remember what he's done in your life. Here's number six. I'm going to write down six here so I can... can. Meditate on the words of a praise song. Meditate on the words of a praise song. Any of the praise songs that you heard up here today are open game, as is any song that we ever sing up here, as is a book of hymnals, a book of hymns that that you have. Book of the old hymns. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. When you sit there and you meditate on some of those truths, all right? The king of my heart, we sat there singing that. What a a beautiful name. What a powerful name. What a wonderful name. When you start meditating on the name of Jesus Christ, your day day changes. Sorry. If you're really meditating on him and you're thinking about them. Now, again, we can sing these songs. We can lift our hands. We can shout them out in church. But listen, how many of us really just sit there and meditate on these truths? I set out to go pray the other morning as I'm walking along with my headphones on uh, that, uh, that that one song, You Make Beautiful Things. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things. And as I'm listening to that, I'm walking through the neighborhood at like 5.15 in the morning. I'm looking at the stars and I'm going, wow. Listen to the songs on the Christian radio. Don't just put on 88.1 or 89.3 or whatever kind of stations there are out there. Don't just put it on, well, I've got Christian radio on and I'm singing along with it. Think about what the words are saying. It'll change your day. That's something you can do. These are all practical things that you can do. Um, Take a walk in creation. That's number seven. Take a walk in creation. Just go out to the beach. Folks, we live in Florida. It blows my mind that I can go out to Gulfstream Park. The parking is free. I can go out there at about 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning, and nobody's there. PJ, they have to work. Yes, I know that. But it still blows my mind that people don't go out there in the morning with a cup of coffee and just say, listen, I'm going to spend some time just taking this in. Meditate on creation. What you're going to see is this. You're going to look at a tree and then you're going to take a look at this other tree over here and this tree is long and it's slender and this tree is fat and it's full and it's short and then you're going to take a look at the vegetation and the way that the colors contrast the sky and then there's the stars over there and it's like, boom! Wow! You're God! Remember! That's what what He created it for. He created this for you. As far as I know, we haven't seen any life on other planets. So, I'm of the impression that when I'm looking up that He did this for me, and I'm like, wow. Behold. You know that word, behold? That we see so often in the Bible? You know what it means? Stand in awe. Are you in awe of God, or have you lost that? Has it just become about the American Christian experience? No, 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 no. It's so much bigger. Here's the other thing. Plan a date with God. Plan a date with God. Guys, some of you in this room have pulled out all the stops. I know this. I've done it. You can ask my wife, okay? We've had theme dates. All right, we did this we Scooby-Doo theme date when the movie Scooby... Yeah. And no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Ruh, <roh>. No, no. <laughs> so We did this years ago where it's like I bought these things and I, I made the box into Scooby Snacks and we went to the Scooby-Doo movie and, yeah, we smuggled the Scooby Snacks into the Scooby-Doo movie. Admission. Sorry. We'll cut that. Um, but, you know, everything about this date was based off of us going to see the movie Scooby-Doo. Why am I even talking about that? I don't know. Now, here's why. Because I was intentional about what I did on that date. How many of you have sat there and been intentional and said, you know what, I'm going to spend some time with God. I'm going to pick out these songs. I'm going to bring this devotional. I'm going to go out to the beach or I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to sit on the picnic table. I'm going to sit outside and I'm going to have a date with God. Listen, when you have a date with God and you are, are set on using that time to engage relationship, guess what? He's going to show himself to you. He's going to reveal himself to you. Plan a date with God. Here's number nine. Write out your testimony and tell someone. And I know it doesn't have to be your whole testimony, your whole life story. Listen, if we're doing this thing called the Christian life, right? Your testimony is every day. Every day you don't go back to being who you were. Every day you're faced with a crisis and you overcome that crisis and you do it in the name of Jesus. Every day should be a testimony and you should be ready, willing, and able to say, God, give me someone to tell. Let me share what you shared with me. Let me show someone what you showed me. Let me show them you today, God. Listen, if you wake up in the morning and you decide, listen, I'm going to shine for Christ, I'm going to celebrate Christ, Lord, show me someone to show today. He's going to do it. All you have to do is open up your eyes. Last thing. If you still, after all of this, find yourself forgetting God. I tried to be very stylish when I wrote this down. It says, Get with your peeps. You know what you mean. Get with your people. Okay. Get with your people. And not just with any people. I'm not just saying go to people that are going to tell you what you want to hear that are going to make you feel good get with your people that are going to help point you to Jesus and remind you when you forget I have people that when I lose perspective they come alongside me and they point me back to him because yes even as a pastor I have these moments where I forget a lot. Get with the people surround yourself Run with the people that are going to point you towards Him. The people that are not going to tell you what you want to hear, but the people that are going to tell you what you need to hear, and they're going to use this to do it. They're going to open up the Word and say, listen, we've got to get back here. You're losing focus. Come on. Come on back. Bring it back. So these are some things, and when, when all that, when we've done all that, then the other thing that God has given us Right here. This do in remembrance of me. He says, do it in remembrance, and Scripture says that repeatedly. Why? Because we forget. And something special happens when we come to this table, as we're about to do in a couple of moments. Here's what happens. God reveals himself by the power of his Holy Spirit. Sometimes he heals people as they're taking communion. There are times that he does that, he can do that, and he will do that. That he gives somebody wisdom. There are times he reveals something in your heart that you need a little bit more of, a little bit more joy, a little bit more peace. All right? And he'll give you that. There's so much that comes to this table. And it, it, it's amazing to me because when we look at it, all right, some of you are going out to Lunch after church today, and some of you are anticipating, you know, PJ's going on for a while, so I'm going to order everything off the menu today, and I'm going to eat like I'm going to the electric chair. All right, keep that mindset, okay? Because judgment's coming. But here's the thing wow. Um, But here's the thing I'm so sorry. Wow. Okay, eat well. But when we come to this table, listen, you're not going to find your grains and your potatoes and your meat. What well, you're going to find, and this is so God, you're going to find a little wafer, you're going to find a cup of grape juice, and with this wafer and with this grape juice, the Holy Spirit is present in such a unique and powerful way in the church of Jesus Christ. Because some of you are going to come up and say, I've been struggling with my joy this week. Wow, look at this. Look what you did for me. You loved me this much. Nobody has loved me like this. That's what we're going to do when we come to this table. We're going to remember the blood shed, the body broken. But as we do that, what I want to reiterate, because it's so important, is this. This table, designed specifically, it's designed for those that have repented of their sins, that have asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life. And if you come into this room and say, well, I don't don't know that I've really done that, then we don't want anybody to miss a meal. So I ask everyone right now to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you've heard of this and you said, you know what, I want to partake of this. I want to partake, but I don't know if I've gotten right with God through His Son, Jesus. Then I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you don't know what to say, you can repeat after me, but you're asking for forgiveness for your sins, asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And so, if you need to, you can repeat, Father, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Please forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Be the love of my life. Set me free. In Christ's name, amen. And if you said that prayer for the first time, then this table is for you. If you're somebody that considers yourself a Christian because you've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, then this table is for you. But He also tells us this, is that not to partake of it unworthy. And So if there's a sin that you're hanging on to, and you're saying, you know what? I have no intention of changing this. God's just going to have to deal with me as I am. No, 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 no. He will meet you where you're at but He will not let you stay there. So for you that are struggling with sin in your life, any kind of sin that you're struggling with, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes right now. And we can take a moment and just ask God for forgiveness of sins for something that you're struggling with. If there's something that you need to get right with Him right now, you can do that. Something that you're holding on to? And maybe you're coming up to this table today because you know you're holding on to it and you just need power that you don't have to deal with it. That's okay. Because the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness.